0: Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Long after her death, Harper Lee's mystique continues for fans of her book, To Kill a Mockingbird. Today, Pulitzer Prize-nominated author Wayne Flint reflects on the friendship he and his late wife, Darty shared with Nell Harper Lee in her later years. Professor Flint's book is Afternoons with Harper Lee, and he joins us by Skype. Dr. Wayne Flint, what an honor to visit with you as professor emeritus in the History Department of Auburn University. Thanks for joining us by
1: Skype. I'm honored, Carolyn. I love your program.
0: <laughs> Dr. Flint, you're a historian and founding general editor of the Encyclopedia of Alabama. Congratulations. That is a huge accomplishment in itself.
1: Uh, thank you, Carol. I, I consider that sort of my crowning achievement for the state of Alabama because it has taken our story to every nook and cranny in the world. And curiously enough, a dear friend of mine, Nancy Anderson, who uh, was a long-time professor at Auburn University in Montgomery, And the most meticulous scholar I've ever known of Harper Lee was the person that I persuaded to write the essay on Harper Lee for the Online Encyclopedia of Alabama, which has received millions of hits worldwide. Well, we are
0: here to talk about your new book, Afternoons with Harper Lee. And in addition to studying her writing— as a professor, you and your late wife, Darty visited with the acclaimed Alabama writer while she was in rehab after a stroke. How far back did your friendship go with Harper Lee?
1: We actually met her when her sister, Louise Connor, was planning a Auburn University Culture Festival in Eufaula. I had suggested Truman Capote without knowing all of his problems. And so Harper's sister... Ah, uh, Louise Connor persuaded us that she could get the Grand Lady herself. It was largely a gift of love by Harper Lee, that she came to Eufa because she hated public programs. And of course, the auditorium was filled, bursting for her presentation, which was quite brilliant and nothing like her book or or her interest in literature at all. But after that, we did not know her at all. So a decade and a half goes by, and then she has her stroke and a lawyer friend of mine in Birmingham, Tom Carruthers, called and said that she had been admitted to Lakeshore Rehab under a false name, so no one would recognize her. But that would leave her very lonely for six months of rehab. So he invited my wife and I to come and start visiting her. And since my mother was a widow in north of Birmingham, we would go up, see her, and then we would stop by and spend the afternoon with Harperley. And then after that, when she finally went to um, Monroeville for the remaining nine years of her life, because she was in a wheelchair, uh, Darty and I would go down every three or four weeks to see her. And so we did that for nine years. But it was a friendship that began really late in life, which is one of the things I'm speaking about on my seven-month-long lecture tour is that what you know about a person is heavily influenced by when you met them. Were they a childhood friend? Were they a college friend? Were they a 20, 30-year-old friend? Were And in our case, we were nearly 80, and she was 80. So uh, it was an end-of-life kind of experience for all three of us. It so happens I'm the last one left, and so I wrote about it.
0: You say in the book that Harper Lee was a Jane Austen fan. You point out the fact that Harper Lee's life, her philosophy, and her fiction writing sort of reflect or parallel the two women's lives. How so?
1: Well, there there are all sorts of things. For instance, uh, Jane Austen used narrators, uh, that is someone who was helping you understand the story, the plot of a book, by narrating outside the story of the book itself. That's a classic pattern that she uses uh, in Mockingbird, but her, her style of writing but it has got a kind of pre-Victorian uh, Jane Austen kind of quality to it. And the careful wordsmithing that goes along with Jane Austen is something else she did. There are all sorts of ways in which I think that Jane Austen left a, a profound influence on Harper Lee, and certainly that is what she said. Here's a quote from The
0: Economist about To Kill a Mockingbird. The novel, published on the eve of the civil rights era, pricked America's conscience. Do you think that's true?
1: I I certainly do. You have to remember we live in different times, and much of the criticism of To Kill a Mockingbird now is that she wasn't liberal enough, she wasn't radical enough when she wrote the book, well, that's not what people thought at the time. <laughs> people in the South, many of them, refused to read the book because they felt like it was too much a race book. Now the book is enormously popular among Southern readers. It's banned sometimes now because they say for mixed-race children or biracial children or African-American children or Hispanic children, the stereotypes that you find used in the book by racist whites is offensive to readers in other parts of the world. Well, that was the whole point she was trying to make, (laughs) that these are offensive. That is, particularly if you call yourself a Christian, or you call yourself a Buddhist, or you call yourself a Catholic, or whatever you call yourself, if you believe in the values and in the uh, religious precepts of world religions, you don't discriminate against people because of the color of their skin. America still has that problem. And I think Nell would be astounded that we're still working through the problem, which she felt was the reason why her book was banned first in the South and then in the North. Yeah.
0: In the book, you talk about how her father actually spearheaded the removal of a, quote, liberal pastor at the Monroeville Methodist Church because he was preaching social justice And then, of course, we had the case of the Scottsboro Boys. And I'm wondering if some of this is reflected in the setting of To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Yes, and I really like the fact that the minister who was fired, essentially run off from that church by Nell's father. Uh, Nell was not here in the state; She was in New York, and so she had nothing to do with it. But Miss Alice, her sister, much beloved and wonderful in her own right, also agreed with her father that the problem was that he was not evangelical enough, and that he was preaching too much of the social gospel. It was about justice and fairness. Well, for one thing, that's pretty biblical, <laughs> because I'm a Baptist preacher. Just look up the word justice and follow it through the Bible. Uh, it's sort of from Genesis to Jesus. <laughs> so but I don't, I don't really think that uh, you can say that because he was preaching social justice, he was somehow not preaching the gospel. But he certainly was much more liberal than Cole Lee, uh, Nell's father, and much more than Miss Alice, Nell's sister. Uh, what, what Nell's opinion was, I don't know, because she wasn't there, <laughs> she was in New York City. And I expect she didn't know anything about it, and she probably would just say whatever dad and sister say. But the truth of the matter is, the preacher himself wrote the most beautiful letter to me. In fact, I've never read a kinder, fairer letter in which he, he does not try to attack anybody, not Alice, not her father, not anybody. He, he just tries to explain that it was the times in which he lived and they lived. But he was actually from the Black Belt. He was only from a few miles away from Munroville, which makes the episode even more tragic.
0: So perhaps that pattern was echoed in the case of Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird because of the thinking at that time. Dr. Flint, we're out of time. Can we talk again?
1: Yes, I'd love to.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Joining us by Skype was acclaimed author and historian Wayne Flint. On October 25th, Dr. Flint will talk about his new book, Afternoons with Harper Lee at the Auburn University Hotel and Conference Center. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.